Lunchtime Live on News Talk. Brought to you by Green and Blacks. A rich, smooth, and truly delicious chocolate experience. Owen McGee, the managing director of Prosperous Financial and um, the author of How to Be Good With Money is here with us on Lunchtime Live this afternoon. Own lots of questions as always. If people want to get them into us, it's lunchtimelive at newstalk.com. You can text us on 53106. I have a financial question for Owen McGee regarding pensions, please. This listener says they're 24 years of age on a temporary contact contract with their first job. They've started in, um, interested in starting a pension. Could Owen please offer any advice? And it comes from Kathy. Kathy, absolutely go for it. Like what I would say is, is that all the stats, everything shows you that the earlier you start these things, the better it is. You get into the habit, first of all, but also what was it Einstein called it? The, the eighth wonder of the world, um, compound interest. So the more you put in at the start, the longer it's invested for it, the more compound interest you get. And it just makes life much easier. And Kathy, all of us will hit times in our life. You're starting your career right now, but all, all of us will hit times in our life and our careers where we might have to stop them and start them back up again. And you're much better off, off having started it. Now, the opposite end is that the, the scale is also the case. If you're sitting there 64 years of age or 67 years of age and thinking of retiring tomorrow, it's not too late for pension then either. So um, pensions are just one way that we can all pay less tax Mm. and everybody prefers to pay less tax. And this is just a big boost from the government to help you to save towards your retirement. It's never too early and it's never too late. Just start the habit, Cathy. You'd be glad you did. Yeah. Can I ask you, just when you talk there about stopping um, the pension, like what's the what's your advice on if you know if you're trying to save for a mortgage and you're putting trying to put money aside for a deposit, would you advise to stop? putting it you know stop putting in money into the pension for the next couple of months or years to stopping it is a is a big hard fast rule like it's a hard hard decision to make and the thing about it is is you're making a decision to stop which means you need to make a decision to start up again at some stage so my advice would always be reduce it down to a level if you need to reduce it down to kind of put an injection into your savings reduce it down to a level that still allows you to save but that you don't have to make that big decision okay I'm ready again life will never turn around and say okay Hey, it's time to start up the pension again. So reduce it down and promise yourself that you will start it back up again once the house is done or that whatever the deposit you're saving for is done. The other thing, sometimes people hit like a problem at work or they get a they get reduced hours or their, their wages change or like in the last six months, maybe they're on wage subsidy. The, the advice there would always be reduce the pension down to a level that you're happy with. If you do happen, have to stop it altogether, don't tell the pension company, I'm stopping and I'll come back to you when I'm ready. Tell the company, stop it for six months okay, or stop right, it for three months so that it automatically starts up again so that you're not making the decision again in a couple of months' time. Okay. I have another question that's non-pension related. Jean has got in touch with us here on Lunchtime Live, Owen, and she says, I have around €5,000 worth of shares from a company that I used to work with um, and it's maturing in December. I have to find a stockbroker, I think, to hold them. Any advice on where to start and reasonable costs? Yeah, like there's lots of stockbrokers out there will do that for you. Usually the company will have a, a provider that they've used in the past. Um, it's funny when company, we'd always have this in private practice, right, where people work for a company and they'd have a 
big chunk of shares that they've been awarded over their time and their career. And they just say to me, oh, own like it's the best company ever. And it's amazing. And I'd never sell the shares. The shares are going to go. I know what's happening and this company is flying and everything's great. And then someone leaves the company and this person here leaves the company and say, how do I get rid of them all? Like, what, what is it? They've no association <laughs> or link to the shares at all. And I'm going to be honest with you, I'm not a fan of having shares in company that you that you work for. No problem taking the free shares, no problem doing the share schemes, no problem. But when you get a chance to divest them and take them out, take it because you don't want to have your income and your wealth both tied up in the same company because if something goes wrong that's very high risk okay. but i'd suggest that person goes back to their hr company or whoever it is that sorry their hr department and say who deals with our shares and they will have a list because this is these are not the first these this is not the first person in that company to come up with this problem how do i offload yeah. these shares this listener says they have a question for owen that they're a self-employed sole trader and next year they want to replace an 11 year old suv with a battery electric vehicle something like a volkswagen um, SUV. There's currently no commercial electric vehicles in the market. So how does someone like me go about purchasing this and charging it back as a business expense or capital charge? And also, can I claim the VAT back on the purchase? So this is actually a nice one because there is serious incentive for people to buy electric vehicles. And um, this person probably used to buying a commercial vehicle and has probably stayed away from the passenger vehicle and maybe that's because they absolutely have to have a commercial vehicle and they don't have any use for seats in the back of the car but mm-hmm. a passenger vehicle worth less than if you're buying it for less than 50,000 euros that is fully electric will actually have no BIK in it so you won't pay any benefit in kind so effectively the company can buy it for you and there's no tax implications for you and you can use it so this is probably the first time that this option is available to this person that they're going actually I don't have to buy a commercial vehicle I can buy a passenger vehicle and the company can pay for it and I won't be hit for taxes on it it's really really incentivized now if you go over 50 grand on the purchase I don't know if they're thinking of it but if you go over 50 grand on the purchase um, you will pay BIK on the excess so if you buy for 60,000 euros you'll pay BIK on the 10 thousand euros extra is there bik on a car parking space so this this is a gas one right so a couple of years ago it was announced in the budget that yeah we're going to start if you've got a car parking space in town um, or in in town or wherever if you've got a car parking space provided you as part of your job we are going to hit you with bik now i probably shouldn't say this but i think when it then got to be put through the civil servants who were responsible for it had their own car parking spaces and I think the paperwork just got lost because I don't think that it ever actually got put through and I'm not I I, I you know what we'll do Andrea we'll double check that one but Let's I'm, come back fairly to that sh- one. I'm fairly sure that never actually went through it was in right. the budget well, we and get, never we'll got get put the details place. put that one down for, for next week we'll come back to that one this listener says I have, one, I have 120,000 euro in an Australian pension fund from 10 years working there I'm now permanently living back in Ireland I can't get it out because before I'm 65 without it being heavily taxed so I'm happy to leave it there on, until then is there any way though that I can put money into it regularly without paying heavy foreign transaction fees the big advantage to pensions is pensions is like savings on steroids to be honest with you the big the reason why they're on steroids is because you put some money in and the government puts some money in as well in the form of tax relief so you pay less tax for putting it in you're not paying tax in australia so you're not going to get any tax relief on the pension contributions going in you need to just do your pension contributions here people say oh but then i'll have two pensions 
99.9% of the time, pensions are, the charges on pensions are a percentage of the pot, like they're one and a half percent of the pot. So it doesn't matter if you have two pots, one and a half percent is the same, whether it's two pots or one pots, it's still the same amount of money because it's percentage based. So what that person needs to do is they've got income here, they're back here, they're paying tax here, so they need to do their pension here. And just leave that thing, work away over there. Make sure you're making the right investment choices. You can still direct how it's invested over there, um, but you don't need to put more money into it. Just leave, just start building your pension pot here. That's all you need to do. Okay, D has got in touch to say, can you please tell me if I'm on the PUP payment and I receive €250 per week, am I allowed to earn up to 480 On top of that, I'm a driving instructor. Yes. So now this is actually funny because it was 120 euros a week and then they said that's 480 euros a month. That's not 480 euros a month. There's 4.33 weeks in a month, right? So we don't have no no month actually. It's on average 4.33. So you're allowed to earn 120 euros a week or 480 euros every four weeks. Four weeks is what they corrected to. And it will not affect your put payment. And that's really important because mm. it means you keep your connection with your customers. You can do a bit of work. You can feel good about the fact that you're continuing to do stuff. Um, and that's really important for people. I think it was a good addition in recent times that they allowed you to earn 120 and keep your pub payment without affecting it. Managing Director of Prosperous Financial, Owen McGee, thanks a million for joining us here on Lunchtime Live this afternoon. Uh, plenty more messages coming in for Owen and we will get to those again this time next week. Lunchtime Live on News Talk. Brought to you by Green and Blacks. A rich, smooth and truly delicious chocolate experience.